Hey, here's a really original thought that I noticed just now. Okay. Have you ever noticed that our intros are either really cringy or super great? Yeah, which one do you think this is, Alex? Um, it depends on how you respond. <laughs> I have noticed that, as a matter of fact. Really? I have indeed. Really? Our faces are red. Yeah. We are hiding lies. <laughs> Welcome to the weekly undertaking. I am Mike. I'm Alex, and I am a I'm a I'm a I'm a observation theft. You are. I said that immediately upon sitting down to record yeah, today. Dude sits down and he's like, "One problem we got is our openers are shit, or they're great by luck." And here is the thing: I was under the impression that I was confiding in my co-host Alex as things that we can do to improve the podcast behind the scenes. But I was like, you fool. I now have the opener for this week. There is no behind the scenes in this <laughs> podcast. No, you get to hear all that because we have no filters. We have, I don't know if we have no filters or if we're just very bad at putting on the filters. Okay, that well, exist. my filter's like a little bu busted at the seams. Oh, uh, really? Just a little bit. Just a little bit? Just a little bit. That sounds really edgy. Just like we're about to say something really racist. Welcome to the No Filter Podcast. Yeah. Well, never mind then. <laughs> yeah, that's not the kind of no filter we have. We're just bad at, what's the word, publicity, at... Talking? Yeah, Comedy? Minding the Life? fourth wall, you know? Yeah. Can, uh, holding together the illusion, I forgot a word, but, you know, keeping the illusion a thing. Well, Why? I don't know. I don't know. I thought that that would be... That's better. That's good for entertainment. I don't know. It's it's like the guy who acknowledges that he sucks at trombone before he plays, so he has a so he like so he feels less bad because he feels like he's communicating to everyone like hey, I know I suck, so it's okay to suck. And then you get that one asshole that always says, "I'm sorry, I haven't practiced trombone in a while," and then goes on like a fucking uh, symphony of mm -hmm. trombone. I don't know if you can do a symphony with trombone. A symphony, a symphony. <laughs> you get that. You get there. <laughs> that that word means lots of musicians. I guess I'm trying to like say. A classical piece. I don't think Mozart ever wrote in trombone. You know what I mean? Let's find out. Are we going to Google if Mozart wrote in tr trombone? Yeah, hang on. I do like Mozart a lot. Did Mozart write in trombone? <laughs> Must be nice Google's to have Google's just going to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> trombone also isn't a language. I just don't think he ever used them. Leopold and Wolfgang Mozart wrote music pairing the trombone with the voice. But it was up to Beethoven to give it a real role in his last movement of his symphony, symphony number no. five. I why words? <laughs> he also used it in symphony number no. six and nine, but in no others. Trombones existed at that time. I mean, yeah, clearly, and they're not shout just for out jazz. To, who was it? Was it Beethoven that you actually was able to use them? Yes. Yeah. I I closed my device, so I can't tell. Okay. I well, can't tell you. Good on the trombone for being featured. So I'm gonna put this one in the cringe category. Yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> no, I think it started. Everything was okay. Uh, I don't know. Well, welcome to the weekly undertaking. I am Mike. This is Alex. <laughs> we already introduced ourselves, Did and now we? that we know that uh, no one's listening, we can just kind of do whatever the hell we want, as we do every podcast. Yeah, this is the show where we do weird things every week and talk about them. And this week is the animal one. This is the animal episode where we uh, channeled our inner National Geographic and started to research. Animals. animals. Yeah, we each re researched uh, two each. Is yeah, that two correct? each. Yeah, I did two. Yeah, so great. That's good. Yes. We both did the thing correctly. For once. Holy shit. Every week. It Every feels week's like, like, I only did three, or wait, we were only supposed to do one? What was the challenge again? Yeah, exactly. It was never with like the challenge exactly. It was always like, oh, I did 27 different ones, not just the one that you did. The amount of work we put in varies from week to week. It's interesting, honestly. It is. It is. Yes. Very much so. But uh, that that's that's all fine and good. Before we get into that, though, we have some news in the realm of cartoon animals, do we not? Oh, I was going to make the same connection. Oh, oh, were you? I was so proud of myself because I was like, oh, it's perfect because they're animals, except you make them fight. It doesn't sound as bad as it is Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the new Pokemon game came out this week. Well, yeah. Okay, we're recording this two days after it came out. Complicated recording schedules, blah, blah, blah. You get it. <laughs> anyway, I I got Pokemon Sword. Mike didn't get any because he doesn't have a Switch yet. I, I don't... say yet with hope. Yeah, money is a thing. Yeah, and I'm going to talk about that real quick because I, I don't care. Okay, go for it. Um, We are nerds, if you haven't noticed. Yeah. If you're new to the podcast. No, I'll keep it short because I know not everyone cares. But uh, there was a lot of controversy around these new 
new games with the no national decks and uh, the animations, some of them being recycled from Sun and Moon. Are you going to explain I- either of those things or are you just going to... Look, if people care, they already know. <laughs> if people don't care, then they don't care. I think people care about controversy. Okay, Like, fine. I didn't give a shit about makeup YouTubers, but when that James Charles guy or whatever his name was yeah, was, that was, pretty was being blasted, I was, I was sitting in I the was corner all there eating well, popcorn, yeah, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Um... The no national decks thing, I'd say, is the biggest, uh, where this is the first mainline Pokemon game to not uh, have all Pokemon in it. Not just, like, available in that game. Like, you cannot transfer some Pokemon into this game, period. Which is a big deal, because as you might remember, their famous catchphrase is, got to catch them all. Pokemon! But you can't do that in Pokemon Sword No, you can catch about 435. Which is too many, objectively speaking. It's still too many. <laughs> it's way too many digital but we're, get, we're getting close to a thousand, and uh, c- to be honest, this was going to happen at some point. Yeah. Um, I don't <laughs> think it should have been now, because this is such a big leap mm-hmm. to from con- from console to console. But I get it. Um, basically, what I'm trying to say is all of that did not matter to me in the slightest, because I still going through this game, like, a Pokemon would pop up in the grass, and you'd just be like... You're in here? You're in this game? What? <laughs> like, you made you made the cut? Like I made such like I, I was mad about it too at first, but then I was like, wait, I don't complete the Pokedex ever. Why would I really like I don't really care that much? Mm-hmm. Plus I think it's good for I, I talked to you about you to you how I think it's good for the metagame for there to be a less diverse move pool so that teams end up being more diverse because there's less uh possibility for an overpowered mon to slip in there. We're talking about competitive Pokemon because we are true nerds. The- well, I mean, loud and proud, bro. We were we were having some serious discussions on Friday before I played. Oh, we absolutely were. Yeah, yeah no, it was awesome. Yeah. Um, the one thing I want to I want to say that I haven't already is that uh, this the story of this game. It's both the the least Pokemon story ever, and also like the most Pokemon story ever. What exactly does that mean? It's extraordinarily streamlined in that the the gyms and the champion and the tournament like that's really all there is to the story. Okay. And there are a few side stories with like the legendaries and your rivals and the evil team, which is so not a threat at all. A typical Pokemon game. Yes. But the thing is, they really leaned into what works. They put all of their attention to the story on the gym battles and they're unreal how fun they are. Really? Like, dude, you go in there and it's just something about like seeing like, thousands of people like watching and just being like oh shit oh shit like before no one gave a shit when you won a badge no not at all you just walked out there with a pin but like dude like you walk out there the gym leader walks towards you you have a short conversation then you slip you 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 do like the 10 uh pace walk away from each other and everyone's like getting really excited all right that's kind of badass and then it zooms in on the leader and just the most amazing music starts playing (laughs) also the music in this game is probably the best it's ever been they got the guy from undertale to do a couple he he did a couple and i i don't know if i've heard any of them so far but specifically the gym leader theme like gets your heart pumping you're like oh fuck here we go (laughs) i'm gonna fuck this guy up it's also not super easy which i appreciate Mm -hmm. um the first two gym leaders were pretty okay after that i i've beaten five so far all three after the first two have given me like a really like it's been a close call. Oh, good. I'm I'm actually glad to hear that because famously, Pokemon is a very easy game yes, to play. They took a good step in Gen Seven, but Gen Eight, it, it's probably a little easier than Gen Seven, but it's still tough enough to keep you engaged. Okay, good. Um, I'm glad. Yeah, I, which I really appreciate. Yeah, I might I might play it because we're both children. At I heart. think I think you should because it's it's so fun. I don't want to say too much about it, like too much more about it. The rivals are great. Um, and I, I will say I have seen footage online. Mm-hmm. the The animations are killer. Yeah, like some of them are recycled and like it's a little choppy, but you really get used to that too. But mm-hmm. you know, it's Pokemon. It's still the best it's ever been. Yeah, true. Fair enough. Sadly, it's not a big contest because most of them were on the Game Boy or yeah, or in DS, two D, and all that. Yeah. yeah so, um, still, still working out the kinks for the three D, but overall, it's pretty good. All right, good. And um, yeah, no. Your rivals have depth, like, Hop, your main rival, like, has serious, like, self-esteem issues. 
because oh, he lives in his brother's shadow, who's the champion, and he always compares himself to him. And like when he loses, like he like that's he takes it hard. That's actually like kind of real. Yeah, like he takes it because he feels like he's like besmirching his brother's good name. Like he he's ashamed because he's related to his brother. Am I gonna make a kid cry in this game? He hasn't cried yet. Oh, that's upsetting. On screen, I want him to cry. It's implied that he did cry <laughs> off screen. He's just he just goes just like he he's like I'm. I disgraced my family. A single tear falls from his there, face. There is like one part of the game where another one of your rivals trounces him pretty badly. You get to, and you, he takes it hard. You have to watch it. No, that's off screen. Oh, okay. I but like say. afterwards, like <laughs> like your one rival comes in and he's like, "Yeah, Hop was a fucking cakewalk," and Hop was like. <laughs> He called me a name, or I don't remember what he said, but it did get to me. It was like, he wow. called him a bitch. <laughs> this is the first use of any bad words in Pokemon ever. Oh all three, all three rivals are pretty cool. Okay, I, good. And the clothing, I love my clothing. I love fashion, especially in these games. Are I like you? making it look like me. And you can make your little trainer card. I love it. I love it, Alex. A seal of approval from Alex here. Yeah, get it. Um. Unless you're doing the boycott thing, in which case, I'm sorry, Pokemon Sword and Shield, for losing those, like, 300 sales. You'll be okay. <laughs> Is there actually a boycott going on because of the, yeah, the Pokemon? Yeah, no one's doing it. Oh, my God. No, you know the fans. They're going to be bitching about this online to buy it. And, <laughs> like, there, there's probably a comic out there where, like, they're talking on the line about, like, and there's no national decks and the animations are shit. And then he gets to the front line and he's like, so which one do you want? And he's like, you still have the two-pack? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's accurate because, you know, we don't have anything else going on in our lives besides these games. Yeah. So why do we, you know, whatever they give us. Yeah. I droned on too long. It's great. Time for actual animals. Actual animals? You mean... <laughs> What a concept! I know, right? And I, I've been talking too much, Michael. Why don't you tell me about some animals? Okay. Well, like I, like we said this week, we investigated some of the amazing wild creatures that are out there. Yeah. Um, I'm opening my laptop right now to uh, to to pull up my notes on them. But there are a lot of really cool animals, and actually a lot of really awesome nature documentaries to support. These these animals. So I did you watch any? I watched YouTube documentaries. So kind of, which is something like the same thing. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, it, there is a lot of you know people that are passionate about it. Most famously Steve Irwin, but there are others uh, that may he rest in rock and roll. In yeah, I guess yes. I uh, but he he did a lot to make the world more. Uh, accepting and knowledgeable about animals and and i think that um there are a lot of other people that share his passion that also do a fantastic job yeah 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 um can i interrupt you for one second yes because you just reminded me of something last night i was having dinner with my mom at the outback steakhouse um why did that make you laugh i don't know for some reason the image the the idea that we are starting to support conservation of animals and you're just <laughs> you're just like anyway so uh, this is this is a really great cow right here yeah no we started talking about um mr rogers oh, yeah. and it reminded me of that meme um the four horsemen of kindness where it's uh mr rogers uh bob ross um bill nye and steve Irwin. Oh, for, yeah, that's kind of... kindness, art, animals, and uh, science. We really were spoiled on public television as children. Yeah, and, and my mom was like, oh, is that a meme? Did I say it right? <laughs> I was like, you did. <laughs> Good that for you. That was a meme, mom. Good for you. Good that, job. That's, I'm proud. I'm I've been proud trying to teach her some things. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad. Anyway, tell me about what looks like an owl. Ah, I'm glad you brought that up. Cool. This is not an owl. Oh. This is a bird called a frogmouth. I see why. Yes, it's so uh they're actually very routinely um mistaken for owls. They have very big eyes. Mm -hmm. They're birds, which is a thing. Um and they're also nocturnal. So Can I, I wanna describe with sound what that beak's beak looks like. Okay. Wah. <laughs> That's what it looks like. They have massive beaks. It's just wide. Yeah, very wide. And it looks I mean, like a football. When they very actually, yeah, I see it. But you can kind of. They're named the frog mouth naturally because their mouth looks like a frog. Mm -hmm. So it, they uh, generally are about thirteen to twelve inch, thirteen to twenty one inches long. Um, they weigh like five point five ounces to nine point <coughs> six ounces. So they are very, very tiny birds. So yeah, okay, cool. And cool, I'm cool. showing Alex some pictures of them. As you said, they, they look Ooh. a lot like owls. They have red beady eyes. Yeah. Oh, that this, one looks really sad. The, the the one thing I will say is that these animals 
their eyes and mouth combination makes them so freaking expressive. They always look like high or scared or confused. <laughs> that one kind of looks like, what do you mean dad's not going to make it home in time for Christmas? Oh no, you just broke my heart. <laughs> yeah, see, don't you see? Yeah, I do, I see it. They're, it's adorable. They are adorable animals. But okay, so one thing that I uh, think that I should put out is the reason that, well, we as people have put the myth onto owls that they are wise and that they are smart. Right? Some of them are really fucking stupid. Some of them are really fucking <laughs> Which stupid. Which is hilarious. And you know what else is really fucking stupid? The, the frog, frog mouth. mouth. <laughs> yeah, <Yay>! exactly. Um, <laughs> we... I think the the association is we relate to people through our eyes, and so big eyes in our mind means big brains, big big soul, big 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 communication. Sure, sure. So we associate that with uh, with humanity, and more specifically with intelligence. But frog mouths are dumb. Um, they so uh, they have the big mouths, like we mentioned earlier, and the reason they have them is because they feast primarily on insects, and so they don't really need to penetrate anything because they only eat bugs. So they just have to be have like scooping mouths. Exactly. The bigger the mouth, the bigger the net, the bigger the chance you're going to catch something good to eat. Ah, and that works with uh, evolution, where the bigger ones got bigger mouthed ones got more food, which means they brought the kids, which means they also had the big frog mouths, and then eventually humans came along and were like, you're ugly exactly well no actually humans find these things very cute they're adorable creatures they're yeah but they named it the frog mouth they they did not an appealing name i agree they they you're right that is a pretty gross name but like i said the reason i brought up the fact that they look like they might be smart is because they're very dumb and they routinely they are primarily found in um india and australia and like southeast asia area okay and in that area it's very common for those birds to die because they're trying to catch the bugs that are illuminated by cars' headlights. Oh, these poor fucking birds. Yeah, they're not smart. But, you know, they're also... I should... I was going to close with this, but I'll, I'll say it now. These birds are... Are in no way endangered. They, okay. they like they're fine. They are they are so common <laughs> that literally the conservation site. I forget what the name of the uh, company is, but their classification goes from not threatened to least concerned. <laughs> they are so not threatened that they don't even qualify for not threatened. So they are maybe, least con- of some. So maybe least it's concerned. just like you know maybe we should even kill a few of them. No, I don't think you should do that per <laughs> no, se. No, 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 no. But um, yes, but yeah, they're they're doing fine. Okay, good. Well, that but, makes me happy. Oh, look at that. Oh, and he's smiling. Yeah, that's a. I mean, I brought this because just to show you the size of the mouth. Ooh. Because that is actually, a, yeah. When he opens the beak, mouth. you see like just like a regular mouth. Yeah, he's got his tongue very far back in his mouth, but it's it's really it it's great. Um, the uh, yeah. So they also their heads, not only their beaks, but their heads are massive compared to the rest of the body. They're small birds, but their heads take up about half of their body size. Damn. So they're really they're also really cute. Like so they have the entire setup to be like brilliant. They they do, except and just like yeah, they're nah. not. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're not as stupid as some birds. Sometimes brains aren't required in the wild. That's actually very true. Very, very true. Sometimes it's optimal if you're stupid. Yeah. Um, you want to know some cute things about the frogmouth? Uh I think you're gonna tell me nonetheless. So. Yeah, you're right. Frogmouths mate for life. Aw, yeah. So they find a lover, and then they once once partnerships are established, they've been observed to hang around in the same territory with that other frogmouth for up to ten years. Damn. Yeah, and they only live for fourteen years, so that's the vast majority of their lives. Oh, good for them. Yeah. Um, and also, their mating ritual is is particularly adorable because what the male will do is the male before they you know mate, uh, they'll the male will come back to the nest and just for like ten minutes straight, just nestle and and groom the other the the female uh the female um frogmouth's plumage like he'll just kind of comb it for like 10 straight minutes and then the female's like fuck yeah yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh yeah but it's it's actually adorable but, but one thing that i will say is that while these thing these these birds are very cute and they also care for their young both parents are uh, bring hunt and bring back food and stuff like that for their kids wow but they're terrible at making nests. 
Oh. They, they, I think it's theorized that because of their small bodies, they don't really have very long legs. They're not good at grabbing things. And that beak doesn't look like good for like picking up things either, other and, than food. Exactly. And yeah, you're right. And putting things down, it doesn't have any fine. It's not very versatile. Not at all. So what the male will do is he'll just pick up some leaves and pick up some sticks and just kind of drop it on the branch <laughs> and then just <laughs> keep dropping them on. Uh. And so it's not uncommon for the eggs to, to, to fall out it's a, or be knocked out by the birds getting comfortable and trying mm. to sit on the eggs and stuff like God that. God bless these little idiots. And <laughs> Exactly. Um, it's also theorized that the reason why is because the eucalyptus tree is where they usually um, where they usually form their nests. Oh, eucalyptus. Yeah. And they have very, very sturdy um, branches. But the eucalyptus tree is no longer as common in those areas. Ah, so, so there lies the problem. There lies the theory behind the problem. We don't know for sure, but that's kind of what one of the working theories is. Um, they are nocturnal, as I said earlier, huh. but they are masters of camouflage. Really? So I'm going to show you uh, the the birds in camouflage right now. Oh, so it's like, where's Waldo, but yeah. with frog mouths? Can you see the birds? Hmm. Yeah, they're here and here. But yes. they, they look like tree. They look exactly like logs. Um, they're very good at pretending to be logs. And not only that, they also, when they sleep in the daytime and they're trying to pretend to be a branch, they will sway in the wind. <laughs> so so that it looks even more like a like a tree branch. That's so cool. It really is. Um, yeah. I guess you have to be dumb to, in, to just like kind of stand there all day. Yeah, exactly. Well... They're sleeping. It's not, we have to be... I was just trying to make a callback, Mike. I guess so. But, <laughs> but okay. So, like like we said, these frog mouths are everywhere in Australia and, and uh, in the areas where they inhabit. So, they're of least concern as far as endangerment goes. They're fine but for the moment. That's not to say that, like, they don't have threats because they have predators, a lot mm. of them, falcons and snakes will eat their uh, eat their eggs of, of a lot of other things. Mm -hmm. And not only that, as uh, humans also have a significant impact on them, as we do with all freaking species. Mm -hmm. uh, the car thing that I mentioned earlier—that's that's sad. How funny I find that. Yeah, I know it's 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 really kind of funny. But also pesticides are a big thing ah. because they directly eat the pests. So when they're poison, when the when, so when the, the pests are poisoned, then they eat they the poison, and then they're like, "Oh, I'm poisoned." Exactly. Also, dogs, if they're allowed to run free, will kill these things. So oh, yeah, dogs got to eat, I guess. Yeah, exactly. But these are these are really awesome birds, and that's uh, all I have for them. Because they're interesting. They're yeah. not native to America, but they're really cool. Cool. Yeah. Well, the things outside of America can be cool, Mike. Most things are. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're here. Exactly. So yeah, we we bring down the rest of the country. Yeah, it's like you know, we, it's like at least two points down because of us. All right, you show me your your next. Yeah, animal. that's. I'm really happy you chose to bring a really stupid bird. <laughs> yeah, to I the know. Table. They're so cool because no, I brought. One of the smartest birds to the table. Oh, is it a crow? It is a crow. Really? Yeah. A specific kind of crow or just crows? Crows in general. I'm here for that. That's not it. Where's the, the thing? other one? Uh, there it is. We'll hold here. Oh, there crows. It so let me tell you about crows, Mike. There are about 40 species of crows, according to PBS. Oh, that's the real, that's how you know. Yeah, I wrote this myself. So there are many different sizes of crows. The American crow, which is the one that we're concerned about because America, fuck yeah. Yeah. They measure about 17.5 inches. Mm -hmm. um, and then there are others. <laughs> 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 all right. All right. No. Okay. 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 So um, a lot of the times crows are compared to ravens. Crows are significantly smaller. Okay. Um, and... Uh, ravens also have like the horsier voices that you may be familiar with, like the dark bird and like the haunted movies are like, ah, ah. And the, the, they say nevermore and stuff, right? Yeah, those are ravens. Yeah. That's another thing that's really interesting. Apparently, crows and ravens are really good at uh, mimicking human voices. Really? Like to a shocking degree. I haven't listened to any, but like people swear by it. Edgar Allan Poe liked it, so, you know. Yes, yeah, so maybe, maybe Edgar Allan Poe was a crow. I really don't think that's true. I mean, come on, you think about it. It's like, crow? What rhymes with crow? And he's sitting there with his talon tapping his beak. <laughs> hmm. 
Poe. And all you know what? You might be onto something because fun fact, crows are also raging alcoholics. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. It's perfect. So yeah, uh, they can be found all over the world, but the American crow, surprise, surprise, lives all over North America and prefers open areas with a few trees, which is why they're often found in cemeteries. Because mm. there's a lot of open area. There is a lot of trees. Okay. So they'll hang out and they'll fly around. Open areas, they're cool with that. That's actually that's actually really interesting. Yes. I never really thought about why they're associated with that. Yes. And there's a lot more of that. Did you know a flock of crows is called a murder of I, crows? I actually didn't know that. Cool. That's, a gr- that's great. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. yeah. And uh, a lot of the superstition comes from crows from like around to their diet because they are they're dumpster divers, I guess you could say, in that they'll eat literally anything and including human flesh. Oh, really? Yeah. And human like vomit. right off of a uh, right off the human right off do, the bone. Do they have to be dead first or? Uh, yes, Mike. Oh, well, they I prefer. Don't know. They prefer if you don't fight back. <laughs> I don't. Don't look at me like that. There are predators out there. But they're not gonna like scheme in one like tr- like say like all right, how do we kill this one? No, if you're dead on the ground, <laughs> they're gonna be like that's food. <laughs> that's there you go. It's, on, it's not gonna bother me. I guess not. Okay, interesting. All right. Yeah, and if you see a crow like fly near you when you're like lying motionless in like an open field, just like wave your hand or something, just be like, <laughs> I'm alive. Please don't, <laughs> don't eat me. Don't don't get don't get me. Yes. Please. All right. So crows are extraordinarily intelligent birds. They are known for their problem solving skills and amazing communication skills. This is probably one of my favorite facts about crows. Okay. When a crow encounters a mean human. It will not only remember that specific human and that specific face, it'll also go to other crows and tell them about that human oh, and teach them how to identify him. That is incredible. So, literally, if you fuck with a crow, other crows may be like, fuck, I think that's him. That's, Let's get him, boys. They, they talk shit. They talk to each other. That's incredible. They're like, yo, this guy threw a rock. If you see him, like, kick his ass. You should throw a rock at him. Yeah. Yeah. So, like... And they probably and they can crows can uh, crows can use their beaks to lift rocks, pebbles, uh, sticks specifically, and they can use them as tools. Oh, really? There have been experiments. Um, probably the the one I know the most is uh, there was a crow, um, in a like a small room box thing, and I don't know as crows do. And there was a t- cylinder with a with some water in it uh-huh. and a grate on top, so that the crow couldn't. Uh, reach in and grab the food floating on top of the water. Okay. Like it was just low enough. But there were also rocks around uh, like the, the cylinder. So the crow picked up, it might have also been a raven. I don't, it's one of them. They're, they're, they're the same. They're similar yeah. um, in, in intellect. But um, yeah, the crow picked up the rocks and put them in the water to make it rise. Oh, that's so smart. And not only that, it found that pick, using the bigger rocks makes the water rise more. So it optimized um, its solution by doing less work and been picking up heavier rocks or bigger rocks to make the water rise faster. Honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. I probably would not have thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> that's really that's really cool. It is fascinating. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, where was I? Many types of crows are solitary, so they don't like, you know, they'll, they'll live on their own. But mm-hmm. they also will forage in groups like humans. We prefer not to see each other all the time. Ag- agreed. Yes. Um, there are others that stay in large groups. A group of crows is called a murder. When one crow dies, the murder will surround the deceased. Literally, it's like a funeral. But oh. this isn't what they're doing. The crows will actually gather together to find out what killed that crow. Like, they're little mystery they will, solvers. There is literally a murder investigation. Yeah, it is like Mystery Incorporated, but with crows. That is incredible. Then, the murderer crows will band together and chase predators in a behavior called mobbing. With some crow species, the yearlings a and... A murder mob, I love it. <laughs> ...non-mating adults live in a group called a roosting community. Yeah, no, they will literally, like, if they figure out what killed it, and they see it, they'll be like, fucking get that thing. <laughs> fucking kill it. We right are now. stronger together. Yeah. <laughs> Rise, oh, that's so, crows. That's so cool. They are so st- crazy. Uh, where are they? Some crows migrate while other crows don't migrate in the common sense. They will travel to warmer areas of the territory when needed. So crow lives in fucking Minneapolis. Is Minneapolis cold? I don't know, dude. I don't know. That was the first thing that came to mind. Okay, if a crow lives in Florida, it's not leaving during the winter. Gotcha. If a crow lives in Canada, it's probably going down south a little bit. Okay. So when it needs to, it'll go. They're very versatile birds, but they need the warm. At at least a little. Why wouldn't they just stay in the warm then? Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yes. Um, I don't know. <laughs> See, I don't know. Crows. I don't know. Um, it wasn't in this. Uh, it wasn't in this article. American crows <laughs> can be harmful to crops. Hence, the invention of the scarecrow. Okay. Obviously. Yeah, it's, oh yeah, it's crows are scary. No. To scare the crows away. Oh, I gotcha. I don't know. I think crows are also scary. They are a little creepy. Yeah. Um, but they also prevent damage by eating insects uh, and pests, according to ADW. Research studies have shown that 16 to 90% of insects eaten by uh, rooks and crows are, are agricultural pests. Okay. So that has to be a fine line. Like, I don't know. You have to figure out how you get the crows to eat all the pests without having them eat all the food that's for people. <laughs> I mean, they're smart. You can figure it out. Well, you could probably teach them, yeah. honestly. Um, yeah, and as foragers, they also clean up dead animals and garbage, including humans. Um, they are often blamed for overturning garbage cans, which they probably can't do. Um, they're, they're not that big. No. The the real culprits are probably like raccoons and possums and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But crows will show up and be like, food fell out of this thing. Uh, I see. Okay. I'm on it. Um, yes. So crows are omnivores. They'll eat almost anything. Uh, small animals, mammals, amphibians, reptiles, eggs, common, um, each other sometimes. Mm. They'll definitely kill each other. They will fight. Will they? Oh, yeah. But, you know, like typical stuff like, uh, you know, this is my house. Uh, this is my mate. Uh, your beak's too small. Something like that. I don't know. These guys get petty. Holy what do, what shit. do birds fight about? I don't know. <laughs> That's my stick. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, so crows, much like the frogmouth, are cooperative breeders. They'll stay close to the place where they were born and help raise and defend the area's young chicks. Okay, so cooperative breeders, to me, means that they have a wingman? That's what I thought that that meant? <laughs> no, not like they'll, like... They'll cooperate to breed. Yeah, they'll, they'll, hang, they'll, they'll hang around where they were born. That might be why they come oh. back after uh, they go down south. That makes sense. Because they're like, eh, well, it's, it's not like home. Yeah. When it's warm. When it's cold, it's bad. <laughs> and they'll rain, rain, just raise little kids. Um, and also, like the frog mouse, crows are the furthest thing from endangered. They're fine. They're everywhere. They're, they're everywhere. They're fine. They're yeah. happy. They're brilliant. They're, they're, they're cool. Yeah. And that's crows. Interesting. There's a lot of interesting crow facts. Um, another one that I remembered, um, crows and ravens kept as pets will name their humans too. Will they? And they'll often use the same sound like only when the other human is near. So that's how you can identify what the crow or raven has named their human. That's really, really cool. It actually. is cool. I want a raven now I, I, or I, a crow. I kind of do too, but I feel like they would be not good pets because they would outsmart me. Yeah, they get out of their cages every fucking day. Yeah, and they're, then they're, they're they, master escapists. They would go home, you know? Oh, that's really cool. No, all right. Crows are too smart. Should I move on? Kill them all. Don't. No, don't kill all the crows. They're, they're, cool. they're the coolest birds, except they are. for the frog mouse. Because they're adorable. They are cool. All right, give me another thing. All right, this this uh this is a sea creature. Oh no, I got out of it. Hold on. Oh my god. I'm sorry. I don't know how to work this thing. There you go. I'm saying oh my god because I also did a sea creature as my second animal. What the hell? <laughs> did we coordinate this? Uh, accidentally, yes. I guess so. We don't talk to each other during the week at all. Except about Pokemon. Except about Pokemon. Um, this this creature actually looks like a Pokemon. Really? Yeah. This creature is called the. Glaucus Atlanticus. English, please. Yeah, I, I know. Um, it, 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 that is the official name for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is either referred to as the Blue Glaucus or what I personally prefer it as. It's called the Blue Dragon. Oh, is this like a sea dragon? It, It's a sea slug that looks Holy like a dragon. Holy crap, what is that? I love it. It is a sea slug. You want to describe it? Because I sure as hell don't know how to. Okay, imagine the Sandbird level from Paper Mario, except it's blue and has four... Uh, wings and it's not made out of sand and it's underwater and it's blue and it's not made out of sand. Okay, and it's not wanna, a bird. You want to describe it for people that aren't complete nerds? Okay, imagine a slug with wings. Yeah, it has a lot of. It is actually a, a very beautiful creature. Uh, you should uh, look it up if you can. Um, because Get one, the name one more time. The name of it is Glaucus Atlanticus. Uh, and for people who, who speak English, yeah. The blue dragon. That's what you should look up. Yeah, it's a sea creature. Blue dragon is also a name for another animal, but you'll see what I'm what I'm talking about. It's also the name of an in, 
a fabulous tea shop. It is uh, really no. Oh, okay. It sounds like it should not that I know of. Yeah. Um, it is. Uh, yeah, it's like a long kind of salamander thing with a lot of different beautiful wings on it. I bet this thing looks awesome when it's swimming. Yeah, it does. And here is for size. It's about the size of the palm of a hand. Oh, you can hold one in your hand pretty comfortably. You can. Um, I found less info about this one, so this will be shorter. That's okay. But, um, I just want to let you know. You suck. What you, what you, what Alex just saw when you were looking at it was actually the bottom side of it. Mm-hmm. These, oh. these creatures will hang upside down and use the surface tension of the water that they're in to hold on. Oh, so it's like they're holding onto the ceiling of the water? Literally, yes. That's so cool. It's really cool. Well, I, I was, I thought you were going to say they were like those trucks. That we had when you were kids, when they run into the wall, they flip over, but it's another truck, so no. it keeps going. <laughs> no, they don't hold on to each other <laughs> like that. No, 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 no. They, they, it's literally just holding. Like that's actually a really good way to put it. It is using the surface tension to hold on to the the ceiling of the water, so to speak. That is so interesting because I've I've seen like insects like kind of ride the surface of the water because mm-hmm. they're light enough that they don't break the tension of the water yeah but this is like the opposite of that it is it is called a it is exactly it is called a pelagic uh animal i'm probably pronouncing that wrong what does that mean that means that it lives in the ocean in the open ocean oh like like where nothing is like we're yeah exactly except other things that eat and it's that small it's that small and it lives in the open ocean just like i don't give a fuck yeah it, it just it, blue for me please it just it lives in the upper layer of the open ocean in, I, in particular I, I would imagine the most upper layer yeah like the surface literally the surface yes i don't think it dives very far deep do these things get like rammed by boats I mean, if they do, probably no one notices. Exactly. They're so small that they probably just go away. But they also don't really swim. They mm-hmm. just kind of go where the current takes them. As a result, they, they tend nice. to stick towards the uh, warmer uh, warmer waters. That's per- where the current goes. Right. Well, maybe. I don't know. I don't know anything about oceanography. Do you know? Well, in the warm places, how is it? Yeah, like heat. Cold goes towards heat and vice versa, so it's like a big circle. I I guess. But I guess they somehow stay. I don't, I don't know. know. I'm not a marinist. But regardless, they typically, they have been found all over the world, which I'll talk about in a second, but they typically stay within the warm waters of the Indian and the Pacific Ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But they have been found all over the place. It's not uncommon for them to wash up on the shores of India or Australia. Oh, that's so cool. Um, but they have been found off of California and Peru, and recently, in 2016, they were found off the shores of Bermuda, where they have never been found before. Wow. So that's really cool. That would be, like, such a way to live. Like, you just, like, get to... Basically, you do the thing where you're lying on your back in the pool, yeah. but that's your whole life. Exactly. And then you just wake up one day, and you're like, oh, I'm in, uh, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in California. Yeah. Or, oh... I was eaten by a fish. I was eaten by... Well, here's the thing. If you, These things are gorgeous. They really are. Which means they're probably poisonous. You cannot touch them. Do not touch that them. That guy touched them. Yeah, he did, but he probably knew what he was doing. Okay. I assume. Otherwise, he might be dead. Because these, these creatures are highly dangerous. They feed on venomous animals... The venomous like jellyfish and things like that. Why? Because they like it. <laughs> are first of all that are that are much bigger than them. Most notably, they are a predator a predator of the Portuguese man of war. Have you ever heard of that? No, that sounds like something that's not real. No, it's real. Okay, and it is one of the most venomous jellyfish on the planet. A is tut- it big? It is. I actually don't know. It's bigger than than the than the uh, uh, blue dragon, but I don't know how big exactly. I think it is big. Anyway, you were saying one touch? One touch of it will put you in pain for a very long time and possibly kill you. Cool. And so... Let's get one. No, we shouldn't do that. Okay, let's get two. We should not do that either. How about one and a half? No. They grow back. How about zero? Okay. (laughs) They grow back. Um, (laughs) But yeah, no, you should never touch a Portuguese man of war. You should never fuck with a Portuguese man of war. All right, now you should definitely look up all these animals so you know what they look like so when you're stranded out in the ocean you see a little animal just chilling you don't eat it yeah but not only will uh so it eats the portuguese man of war and other very very venomous uh creatures of of that kind of basically jellyfish and and species related to jellyfish Mm -hmm. 
And not only that, what it'll do is it will digest the, the jellyfish and move the toxins and mix the toxins with its own toxins. So it will make the venom even more dangerous. Ah, so it's like a, so it's like a, a witch, a water witch. A with water their, witch? Because, you know, witches mix things together and make deadly things in their cauldrons. But this thing's body is its cauldron. You're not, you're, your skepticism is not fading. Uh, Alex, I, um, so have you ever... I'm, I'm, that was a stretch. I've never read Macbeth. I'm sorry. You, how does that relevant? There are other witches that move things around. It's the first thing that came to mind. I guess so. But that is a huge stretch. I sure. I mean, in the way, in the fact that this thing mixes things and witches also mix things, I guess it's kind of like a witch. Cool. Also, I lied. I did read Macbeth. I just didn't like it. No, that was also a lie. It was pretty good. Continue. This is irrelevant to my discussion of the I blue know. dragon. But it's really cool. It'll move those extra toxic toxins to its fingertips. So the the end of the feather-like kind of cool. hands that you saw. The part that the, you'd want to touch because the, they're so cool. Yeah, if you touch it, you will be in massive pain for many days, possibly weeks, and also possibly have permanent damage to your system and okay. might die chance of oh i was gonna say chance of death chance of, there is a chance of death my my literal like my question before you brought up all the poison stuff would be like oh are they safe to eat i'm gonna guess no, no. i'm gonna i'm gonna guess no i mean it, like most things there's probably a way that you can cook it to make it eat make it eatable but, but like a very small part of it i would not even risk it i wouldn't understand why you would mm -hmm. it's like that puffer fish um the fugu puffer fish that like if you cook it wrong it kills you yeah. Is that a thing? Yeah, it's like a very small part of it is safe to eat, but if the cook, like, fucks it up, there's no way to tell until the customer dies. <laughs> well, that's well, we're eating fugu. I guess so. Um, but one thing that I will say is the blue Glaucus, the blue dragon, is uh, beautiful. It is amazing. It is endangered. And don't touch it. And don't touch it. Leave it alone. It yeah. It's just going with the flow. It is endangered for a lot of different reasons, but one probable high reason is that, uh, um, one prominent reason, rather, is that uh, ocean toxicity levels have been rising, and so that probably is very, uh, one of the reasons that it's dying. Yeah, and shit like that kind of floats to the surface, doesn't it? I would imagine so. Um, yeah, that's too bad, because, like, dude, this is, like... I know I said butterflies are my spirit animal, but this thing might also be my spirit animal. It just lays back and enjoys life. It like, does nonstop all the time. Oh, I should I should mention it's also uh, it is also classified as a hermaphrodite, meaning that it has both uh, fully functioning male and female reproductive systems. Oh, good for them! It can yeah. go fuck itself. It well, I mean, it needs another one to reproduce. <laughs> it, it, it can't oh, it produce. Can't reach. It can't produce asexually. Aww. No, I so close, buddy. I uh, maybe next time. Thank you. Um, but uh, it so yeah, it still needs a mate to reproduce. But yeah, that's just a little fun tidbit. That is that is a fun tidbit. Yeah. Okay. But um, yeah, that's uh, that's the blue Glaucus <clears throat> dragon. All right. What's yeah. what's your sea creature of choice? <clears throat> you know, it's funny, Mike. I felt like our birds were pretty opposite. I also think our sea creatures are basically as opposite as it can get. Oh, really? Yeah, so yours is deadly and tiny. Mine is friendly and gigantic, and it's my favorite animal ever. Do you want to take a guess? Is it the blue whale? It is the blue whale! I knew it! Alex is pulling up his notes. That's the wrong notes. Damn it, me. <laughs> there it is. Blue whales! All right, tell uh, me about the blue whale. I love these things. I've never seen it. And I want to. I want to. I want to see it really bad. That's probably going to be. That's probably ridiculous to see something that big that's alive. I would imagine so. Anyway, so the blue whale. It's a mammal. It's a carnivore, which sounds weird, but it is true. Oh wow! Really? Uh, I'm. I am all. I'm very surprised at that. Well, actually. they eat krill. I guess you're right. That is technically an animal. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird to think about like that. But I yeah. Guess so. No, yeah. They, it's like every time they eat lunch, it's like mass genocide. I. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> Their group name is the Pod. They live around 80 to 90 years if, you know, not shortened by people, which happens. Uh-huh. Not as much, but it still happens. Their size is around 85 to 105 feet. That's and really long. They, How long is that, Alex? They weigh up to 200 tons. And to answer your question, that's like two school buses. Wow. That's that's really fucking long. Yeah, no. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> so That's long. Blue whales are the largest animal to ever have known to have been lived on Earth. 
They're could big. have phrased that much better. They're big. There's nothing else that's been bigger, at least that we know of. Okay. These magnificent marine mammals rule the oceans at up to 100 feet long and upwards to 200 tons. Wow. Their tongues alone can weigh as much as an elephant and their hearts as much as an automobile. That actually puts so much into perspective. Right? You, know? you could drive a whale's heart to work. <laughs> you could. And, and just like the elephant is so massive. The tongue is what that is. That is crazy to think about. That is that is pretty ridiculous, right? <laughs> yeah. So, blue whales reach this mind-boggling dimension on a diet comprised nearly exclusively of <clears throat> tiny shrimp-like animals called krill. Mm-hmm. What I said earlier. Right. Obviously, if you've seen Finding Nemo, it's like the best scene in the movie. It where is. Yeah. The krill run away from the blue whale that's sneaking up on Marlin and Dory. Spoilers for a seventeen-year-old movie. You say spoilers way too much. Well, because we spoil movies all the time. We do spoil movies a lot, but I don't know. Certain- I feel like that's that's old enough that you can get away fair, with it. Fair, fair, fair. I don't think anyone's sitting at home just like, damn it, I wanted to see that. <laughs> it was on my list. <laughs> on Disney my Plus list. just came out. You yeah. have no excuse. True enough. Is it on Disney Plus? I don't know. I would be surprised if it wasn't. During certain times of the year, a single adult blue whale consumes about four tons of krill a day. Wow. So, yeah, a lot of krill. A lot of krill. Um, Blue whales are baleen whales, which means they have fringed plates or fingernail-like material called baleen attached to their upper jaws, that, that, which is like, that that's the part that stretches when they gulp. Oh, I guess, okay, I never really thought about that. Yes, so when they open their mouths, mm-hmm. they take in, like, so much water and hopefully some krill. Hopefully. And then they use their tongue, they, they close their mouth, they use their tongue to push the water back and out, like, you know... Either the blowhole or like out. Is that is that how they is that how they do it? <laughs> Alex made a hand motion of what that looks like, and I thought that that was really cool. Honestly, okay. The giant animal uh, feed by first gulping an enormous amount of water, expanding the pleated skin on the throats and belly to take it in, like you know the the expansion. Right. The whale's tongue forces the water out through the thick, overlapping baleen plates. Okay. Thousands of krill are left behind and then swallowed. So it's like instead of like teeth, they kind of have that stuff that looks like hay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The water goes through that, but the krill are too big that they can't. Oh. Okay. So they get caught in the teeth. That's, I believe. That's really cool. If I'm reading that right. So how did the krill get into their digestive system? Um. Blue whales look true blue <laughs> underwater, but their but the, <laughs> the surface of their coloring is more a molted blue gray. <laughs> Their underbellies take on a yellowish hue from millions of microorganisms that take up residence on the skin. So they have whole, like, cities, like, on their bellies of, like, tiny, tiny, tiny things. That's really cool. That is pretty cool. The blue whale has a broad, flat head with a long, tapered body that ends in a wide, triangular fluke, which is just like, you know, it's a tail. It's a whale tail. Oh, okay. A whale tail. Blue whales. Why wouldn't you just call it a whale tail? Well... Blue whales live in all the world's <laughs> oceans, occasionally swimming in small groups, but usually just on their own or with someone else. Right. That's usually also a blue whale. Okay, that, that would make sense. They often spend summers feeding in, the, feeding in the polar winters and undertake lengthy migrations toward the equator as winter arrives. <laughs> so, you know, they don't freeze and stuff. Yeah. These graceful swimmers cruise across the ocean at more than five miles an hour, which is pretty fast for water speed. And also, like... Yeah, especially considering how much is carrying behind it. That's mm-hmm. faster than most people walk. Yeah, I think um what was it? Who's the like the Olympic swimmer? Michael Phelps? Yeah, Michael Phelps, like you could keep up with him walking if you're if you're walking besides the pool and he's swimming. So like people you can't swim fast. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it depends on how fast you're walking, but you're right. Humans are not generally They're not built for water. Yeah. Basically what I'm saying is you can't out you can't outswim this thing. Um, anyway, they can get um, around 20 miles an hour when they have to, um, but for most of the time, they're just like chilling at a, a nice, peaceful five. Right. Blue whales are among the loudest animals on the planet, which is very fascinating because you don't really think about it like that. Yeah. But they're underwater, so we don't hear them. I guess so. Uh, <laughs> if you would go underwater, could you imagine just like all of the whale conversations yeah, are happening? The whale sports. They em- <laughs> they emit a series of pulses, groans, and moans, and it's thought that in good conditions, blue whales can hear each other up to a thousand miles away. Okay. Wow. Scientists think that they use these vocalizations not only to communicate, but along with their excellent hearing 
to son- sonar navigate the light lightless ocean depths. Oh, that's really cool. They're, so they're like bats. Yeah, really big bats. They're really, really big wingless bats. Yes, that don't need to use sonar all the time. And that's also not proven, but it's at the point where scientists are like confident enough that they can tell you about it. Like, I'm pretty sure this is how they do it. Oh, that's really awesome. So they have great hearing. Do they not have good eyesight? I'm sure their eyesight's fine. Yeah. Like, good enough so that they can swim in open water, but it's just a lot of blue. They, they are very deep into the, yeah. I guess you're right. Okay. Yeah. Calves enter the world ranking among the planet's largest creatures. Oh, already. Oh, wow. About a year inside the mother's womb, a baby blue whale emerges weighing up to three tons and stretching to 25 feet. It gorges on nothing but mother's milk and gains about 200 pounds every day for its first year. Uh, that so, sounds like me in college. Yeah. <laughs> Mother's milk? No, okay, wait, hold on. Yeah, let me back up there for a second. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, a baby, a baby blue whale grows more than I weigh in a day. Yeah, that's insane. Aggressively hunting in the 19, ni- 1900s by whale seekers, whales outdrove whale. They got hurt. Sorry, oh, what? They were going to die. They were all going to die. Oh, they were in danger of extinction? Yes. Oh, okay. That's that's unfortunate. <laughs> Between the 19, 1900 and the mid nineteen sixties, some uh, three hundred sixty thousand blue whales were slaughtered. They wow. finally came under protection with the nineteen sixty six International Whaling Commission, but they've managed only a minor recovery since then because you know they don't exactly multiply like rabbits. I guess you're right. It's also this is not the takeaway that it should be taken away from this, but the amount of worldwide organizations that are out there that I have no knowledge of <laughs> blows my mind. There's an international whaling commission? Of course there are. I mean, is it exclusively to say, hey, don't kill blue whales? What's the- I would hope so. Or maybe just all whales to stop whaling from happening. So why would they have a... Wh- there, so there's a- Unless you're Gene Simmons. <laughs> He's whaling on his... on his instrument. I got it. I don't it. know which one he plays. The guitar. Okay. I well, think. Yeah. His guitar. Yeah. He's, he's the vocalist for Kiss, but I think he yeah, also I think, I think he also plays the guitar. I think they're cool with Gene Simmons. All right, but you know, you know what? All other whaling must stop. I, I don't think that's the goal of the International Whaling yes. Commission, but well, the, needless to say, all this protection and wh- they really haven't recovered a lot since 1966, right? Which is like six, 60, 50 years ago. I guess a little, a little that. over 50 years ago. Yeah. Um, which is crazy, but it's true. Like, since there's less of them than ever, obviously exponential growth implies that the less there are, the le- the slower it'll take to rebuild their population. Right. Plus the fact that you need two whales to make one whale, and the fact that that one little whale is small enough so that a shark can fucking take it. Yeah. And it has to be with the mom at all times. And when it's a baby, it's like it has trouble, you know doing things already like surviving as as most babies do yeah they really need help for like a good couple months before like they're good to go and i mean well only a couple months they live for 80 or 90 years well no like childhood no like after that they can like swim on their own but they still like hang out with their mom right i would imagine so i still do too so yeah (laughs) yeah they're pretty cool my mom's pretty cool yeah Yeah, i went to outback with mine yeah all right so um oh oh that's it Blue whales have few predators, but are also known to fall victim to attacks by sharks and killer whales. If they, you know, especially killer whales, if they team up, they can take a blue whale. Oh, yeah. I imagine so. Um, They're and, killers. Yeah. When a whale dies, it's just like a shark fest. It's weird. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen it. I haven't. There's just like, if you just see like a dead whale, like floating in the water, there are, you just see like hundreds of like sharks in the area and just like, they'll come and like take big bites of flesh out of it i guess that makes sense because all that meat will go to waste otherwise here's like here's like so much food huh. so much food for everyone i have never thought of that that's really interesting yeah which all also right. sucks that like you know when like you know sea animals don't find that that stuff like if whales get beached and die there yeah then literally no one wins I except guess. maybe crows except crows. <laughs> if they find their way to the beach exactly um oh yeah and many are injured or die from impacts with large ships i suppose that makes sense too. yeah the- i gotta imagine the large ships will also be injured no the, there was um there was one i saw like like i saw a headline once where it was like cruise ship Hits um blue whale um 
and like I was like, oh my god, is is everyone okay? I mean, obviously, I'm sure the blue whale isn't fine, but the cruise ship must like it was like literally like the shot opens and it's the cruise ship. And on, like, the tiniest part of the front, you see the blue whale, like, dead attached to it. It was like, oh, oh, my God. It was like a bug on the windshield. Really? It really puts into perspective how big cruise ships are. I guess so. You're right. Like, I was like, oh, wow. 200 tons, and it's just, like, hitting, like, a flyer. Or or a frog mouth, and you're just, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. that's, man. Sucks for that blue whale, but, like, they didn't even notice until they docked. That is insane. Which is sad, but also kind of, yeah, puts into perspective. The retrospective on how big blue whales or cruise ships are. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Wow. That's insane. Also, another thing that comes to mind. Um, I don't know if you ever saw. There was like a famous news story a few years ago, where a blue whale, not a blue whale, humpback whale, because mm-hmm. blue whales don't breach, which is sad. Because I would love to see that. They don't breach. I thought they were. I thought they breathed there. Yeah, they do. I'm sorry. I meant like. Whoosh, Oh, like, they don't, they don't jump like, out. They okay. don't jump out of the water. Like, they breach the water, like, just their backs, and then they breathe, and then they go back under. Uh, I see. They okay. don't look as cool as, like, humpback whales who will, like, literally perform for people. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's what sure. I meant. I'm okay. sorry. But a humpback whale breached and, like, landed on a small shipping uh, boat. Oh, my God. I did not see that. And we're going to watch it after this because it's, like, some of the scariest fucking footage. I never forget that when I'm on a boat now. Oh, like, wow. I always like, what if a whale just like breached and landed on this boat? Yeah. The boat didn't capsize either. The whale got really hurt. And so did, um, like, the boat got really damaged. Right. But, like, it didn't go underwater or anything? Y- y- no. One person who was like, described it was like, I was just standing there looking towards the center of the boat and just like the sun went out. I turned around <laughs> and just a giant, like, bl- like, whale just coming straight for me. So it just bounced off? It just it crashed and it just like slid right off. Oh my god! We, we're watching that like right now. Like okay. let's end the episode so we can so watch. So we can that. watch this. Yes. All right. Oh wow! We gave you a long one. Oh yeah. My notes were over the the capture time, so we couldn't tell. All but right. we had fun. We did. We learned. All right. Uh, so I guess we'll pick from the bucket. Oh yeah, we have to do that. We have to do it. Play the song. Oh my god! So much. Time to pick from the bucket. Time to pick from the bucket now. And we're back. Ready to pick from the bucket? Yes. Mike, let's... hand me that thing. I'll mix it for you. Oh yeah, you picked last week. I'll pick this week. That is how we do things. It's teamwork here at the Weekly Undertaker. Teamwork makes the dream work. All right, let's see what challenges we got this studio. week. They're a movie studio. This week we have Documentarian. I was putting the bucket back, sorry. Yeah. Oh, kind of like this week, except different. It, this is another informative week. Uh-oh. Yeah. Too much knowledge for us. Way too much knowledge. The Documentarian uh, challenge is to watch a documentary or an episode of a documentary series every single day. That'll be fun. Yeah. I just want to clarify, um, we probably shouldn't watch, if it's a documentary series, just one documentary series over the week. We want to diversify our documentary right. watching, right? Yes, exactly. So if it's like if it's a true crime document, if it's the Ted Bundy documentary, uh, oh. watch an episode or two, and then next the next episode go on next day go on to a different documentary. Oh, I've thing. been meaning to watch that. Yeah. Um, I might watch the whole thing, but I'll only count it for one. Yeah, 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 exactly. I I watched part of it. I thought it was okay. Yeah, I I do want to see it because you know serial killers are fascinating. They they are. They They're shouldn't be, people. but they are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Morbid curiosity is a thing. Absolutely. Um, all right, so that is our challenge because I don't know if you, about you, but I don't watch a ton of documentaries. Me neither. All right, that'll so be fun. We it sure goes. will be. All right, thank you everybody so much for tuning in to the weekly undertaking. Thank you. Before we sign off, we just want to say that if you thought that any of the animals that we brought up today were cool, even the ones that aren't endangered, or even the ones that aren't endangered, but especially the ones that are. Yes. Um, we just want to say that we are going to put a link to uh, the donation page for the World Wildlife Fund in the uh, description below because. Animals are cool, and we want them to stay around for a long time. That's absolute, That's a good way to put that, Mike. Put yeah. that on a t-shirt and sell it, and then give all the proceeds to the animals. Yeah. They uh, need the money to buy buy, buy stuff. It's, <laughs> they need the shirt, too. Yeah, they don't give the money directly to the animals. Right, no, exactly. They use the money to help the animals. <laughs> Just a clarification, because some of us, I'm not going to say who, thought that was the case. <laughs> And was very disappointed when he went to the zoo. (laughs) Gave the chimpanzee a fiver and watched him rip it up. (laughs) 
<laughs> exactly. But yeah, they do a lot of really good work. They uh, for conservation, they run zoos, they run um, other kinds of conservation efforts. So show them some support if yeah. you want to uh, make the world a better place for for all kinds of life. Let's go to the zoo. Yes, we should. That sounds fun. It does. It does indeed. All right. So. Um, uh, also, shout-outs for our for the people that help us do uh, our job. Not with money, but with love. But with love. Uh, first of all, all of you, thank you for listening. Yeah, our listeners love us, yeah, I would hope. Yeah. Maybe, maybe there are some rage listeners. <laughs> but, uh, but Hey, we still entertain them. I guess so. Rage we, listeners enjoy being raged. You I, are welcome. I, we love you, too. Um, but we have uh, Adam Rudy, who does all of the music for this podcast, and Winston De Jesus, who does the podcast cover art. If you like that, show them some love in the description below. Um Please, if you like what you hear, uh, or if you don't, leave a rate and review. We take constructive feedback and praise, mostly praise. But we, <laughs> but please, that does really help us uh, help the podcast to grow. So please show us some love on there. Uh, social media is in the description below. Um, is subscribe to us on any podcast forum you found us once. Subscribe to us on that forum so you can find us again. We have sixty nine nice other episodes <laughs> nice. of this podcast. This is the seventieth episode, so please, you we have a lot of other material for you to listen to. Please uh, check it out. Yeah, cringe bingers, bingers, come on, cringe bingers. That's you, it. You got there. Thank you. All right. So until next week, don't forget to challenge yourself and be as cute as a frog mouth and as cunning as a crow. I like. That right? Yeah, that's put nice. that on a t-shirt and yeah. sell it and give it to the frog mouths and crows. Yeah, they are, like shiny things. They are also the only two species that we covered that are not endangered. Give that to the blue whales <laughs> and to the blue dragons. Wow, both blue. Well, regardless, like the ocean. Like the ocean. Try something new. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Goodbye. See you next week. <laughs>